0: Well hey everyone and welcome to episode number 27 of our Book of Acts devotional series called Christ in the Crisis. I can't believe we've been doing this for 27 days and today is May the 26th, 2020. We will continue right up to Friday. And uh, go as far as we can. No way we're going to be able to finish the book of Acts. Just too packed, uh, of, of full of information uh, by Friday. But uh, you keep on reading and keep on growing and keep on learning. And uh, there are those of you who have been watching either every day or you watch a recording the next day. Uh, I would encourage you to share this feed with those who you know share them with your friends. Uh this is a fantastic book to be reading for anybody who is not acquainted with the Bible. Uh it is so real, uh the book of Acts. That's the that's the amazing thing about it. It reads like a like a, a just a hard narrative and um straight narrative and just so uh so easy to read and so much action and causes us to think about many different things. As we look at the way that these early followers of Jesus lived and how they dealt with problems, how they dealt with persecution, how they dealt with all kinds of things in life and continued to press on and we see the message of Christianity grow and grow and grow as a very simple message uh, that Jesus is God who came, who died on the cross for our sin who rose from the dead to show who he is and who sent the Holy Spirit into our hearts to transform us from the inside out and uh, that forgiveness of sins is available to all of humanity not forgiveness by a man but forgiveness in the eyes of our Creator and that's the good news of Jesus so spread this feed and remember on Sunday after our service we're gonna have a really fun zoom call and on that call, we're going to to uh, uh, look at a, a game called Kahoot, which is an electronic uh, game. And uh, we're going to play a little game on the Book of Acts and see how well you have learned. And uh, the winner is going to be rewarded handsomely with an iPad. Man, that is a super nice prize. I have pastors who are saying, whoa, can I get on your quiz? <laughs> okay, so uh, I know you don't do it for that, but it's fun to do. You know, we can't meet in person, and we like to give stuff to, to our guests. You know, we like to give coffee and donuts to our guests and a little first-time visitor gifts, and we can't do that. So I figure, well, you know, it's even less expensive to, to do an iPad once every. Well, this is the last time we'll do it, of course, but, uh, you know, it's, it's not so bad. So, uh, so you will enjoy that. Whether or not you win, you will still enjoy it. So we are going to look into Acts chapter 16 today and a couple of highlights from this chapter. Um, we see the, the new the new protege of Paul... Uh, is Timothy. He's actually got two really, Timothy and Silas. but it more he's more personal with Timothy it seems because he would write two personal letters to Timothy. and you see how the two of them, uh, Paul and Timothy are united here. Uh, Paul came to Derby and then to Lystra where a disciple named Timothy lived. Now this is interesting. His mother was Jewish and a believer, so Jewish follower of Jesus. But his father was a Greek, probably a a Gentile and not a follower of Jesus. And the believers in the area speak very well of Timothy. And Paul wanted to take him on the journey. And so right out of the blue here, we see he circumcised him. What? Circumcised him because of the Jews who lived in that area, for they all knew that his father was a Greek. And as they traveled from town to town, they delivered the decisions reached by the apostles. That's regarding the, the Gentiles, regarding the non-Jewish believers. And we tackled that on Sunday uh, and a couple of, le- of lessons last week. Um, and so the churches were strengthened and grew daily in numbers. Now, just, just a second here. Uh, Paul and Barnabas, before they had their, their conflict that we talked about yesterday, and Peter, and James, the half-brother of Jesus, argued with passion that non-Jewish people do not need to follow the law of Moses, do not need to be circumcised in order to be saved. And they say, look, to, to you're going to live together and have harmony and fellowship with ultra-Jewish people. Uh, believers in Jesus, we're going to give you two major prohibitions and that's it. All the law of Moses, you don't have to follow it. Circumcision, you don't have to follow it. We're going to give you essentially two. And the two had to do with, believe it or not, food and sex. And we covered this on, on Sunday. You can take a look at it um uh, at, at your leisure it's on our facebook page on our uh, website at citypointchurch.ca and um and so why is it then that paul circumcises timothy an adult male w- why does he do this now we're told very briefly here because of the jews who lived in that area for they all knew his father was a greek now here's the kicker and you have to understand this, Paul and Timothy were going to preach the gospel to Jews, to Gentiles, and everything in between, you know, if there is such a thing. And they were going to preach the message to whosoever. And because of the of the history, and because the people in the area knew who Timothy's parents were, Paul knew, and presumably Timothy agreed with him that it would be a, a problem for him not to be circumcised because of his father's uh, uh, Gentile roots, and so in order to to have that credibility and that open door, he circumcises him. This is not so that he would be saved. This is not so that he would be a good Christian. This was so that his witness and his preaching would be unhindered. And so you've got to to understand that because it's very odd that he would do this. But it is a very wise maneuver, albeit, I suppose, a painful one, but a very wise maneuver on Paul and Timothy's part. And Paul would write later to the Corinthian church, you know, to the Jew, I became a Jew, to the Gentile, I became a Gentile. I have become all things to all men so that I might win some. And this is the idea. For him, circumcision is just a tool, uh, but not something so that Timothy would somehow be in a right standing with God. Okay? So, this is a very interesting lesson to observe. And then you see uh, another interesting lesson here from verses 6 to 10, where they are actually stopped by the Holy Spirit from preaching. In certain areas for a certain period of time, we're not entirely sure why, but it's very clear in verses six and seven uh two terms are used: uh, the Holy Spirit and the spirit of Jesus would not allow them to enter in one place Bithynia um another place uh, uh the province of Asia. Now eventually they would go there eventually the gospel would go there, but for whatever reason they felt like the Holy Spirit stopped them from preaching the gospel in an area. This is really something. What it shows, if anything, uh, for sure, is that these men had a very close walk with the person of the Holy Spirit, so much so that they were convinced that it was not the time for them to preach in those places. Wow, um, just amazing uh, to, to see that. Um, and then you see Paul's call by God to Macedonia to preach the, the, the gospel there. Uh, and then you see him move, and uh, w- we see the conversion of a, a God-fearing woman by the name of Lydia, Uh, We see this happen to her, and then the major highlight of Acts chapter 16, and this is in the city of Philippi. And Paul would write a letter to the Philippian church when he was imprisoned, in one of his imprisonments. And um, here we see what goes on in this place. It's quite powerful. And uh, we run into um, a confrontation where... um, uh, uh, they're going to the place of prayer. We don't really know what that is. Perhaps it's a synagogue or something. And they're met by a woman, and we're told in verse 16 of Acts 16 that she, ha- quote, had a spirit by which she predicted the future. The language of that translation is not that great. Uh, the, the Greek reads more like this. She had a pythonic spirit. What is that? The answer is we have no real clue what that was. But what Luke is at least trying to say here is that this woman uh, had a a problem with an evil spirit, a a demon, if you want to use that word, an unclean spirit, if you want to use that term. Now, I have seen this uh, in, in my ministry of more than uh, or about 20 years as a pastor and about 10 other years as a as a very active volunteer. I have seen this, but I have seen this quite rarely. Paul saw it here, and she would make a lot of money for her owners uh, uh, predicting the future or fortune-telling. Now, uh, devils and demons don't know the future, but they certainly can make it look like they do. We see this happen even today in the modern world and so she is creating an annoyance for their preaching, and it's not that she's saying inaccurate things. She's just doing it in a way that detracts from what they're trying to do. These men are servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. Well, that's true. That's what they were doing, but it became an irritant to Paul, and it was a distraction for his message, and he finally got so annoyed, he turns around, and, and we're told here said to the spirit in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. And at that moment, the spirit left her. Wow, you know, no holy water, uh, and no suitcase full of uh, crucifixes, uh, uh, none of this stuff we see in Hollywood movies. There was a kind of an instantaneous deliverance through the power of the Spirit by the faith of Paul. It's amazing uh, to see this and to see with such ease uh, he delivers this woman from this evil spirit. And so her owners have got a big problem because they're not making any more money. Her abilities, whatever they were, are gone. And so they persecute paul and silas um these are not jewish people persecuting paul and silas these are non-jewish people and they're pretty upset because their business is gone they drag them them into the marketplace to face the roman authorities and they say you know these men are jews and they're throwing our city into an uproar by advocating customs unlawful for us romans to accept practice so they're not jews at all they're gentiles and the crowd joins and they attack paul and silas and the magistrates order that they be stripped and beaten with rods they are severely flogged man this is that's like the second time at least that paul has been flogged one time he was flogged and almost left for dead and here uh, paul and silas are severely uh, flogged they're thrown into prison The jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. Now, the penalty for a jailer uh, under the Roman rule there, who if their if their prisoner escaped, the 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 jailer would be put to death. Just remember that. And so he puts them in the inner cell, fastens their feet in stocks, and these men are singing in the middle of the night. They've just been flogged severely, stripped and flogged. And they're singing in the middle of the night. Amazing. Where the, why are they so happy? Well, because again, they have the spirit of the living God living within them. And so uh, they're singing hymns to God. We don't know what hymns, of course, they were singing. Those have been ancient things, probably the Psalms. And the other prisoners are listening to them and there's this earthquake that takes place presumably this is this is because of god is doing something it says the foundations of the prison were shaken and the prison doors flew open that's definitely not normal and everyone's chains came loose oh man if you're that philippian jailer your heart is pounding out of your chest because if you don't keep a hold of those prisoners you're going to lose your life in the morning and the jailer woke up Uh, he's sleeping on the job and when he saw the prison doors open he drew his sword and was about to take his own life because he thought that the prisoners had escaped and Paul shouts don't harm yourself we're all here so the jailer calls for lights he rushes in and he's shaking trembling before Paul and Silas and look at this question that he asks sirs what must I do to be saved this is the question of uh, that that runs through centuries of time what must i do to be saved tell me so it's it, what's clear is this jailer heard about salvation heard the gospel message in a rough sense probably through the singing of paul and silas in his prison it was like a kind of a testimony to him maybe it bothered him maybe he had questions about it when he heard it we don't know but he has a clear question here what must i do to be saved tell me and look at the answer from paul and silas they don't say well you need to be baptized well you need to go and and do such and such well you need to become a good person well you need to clean up your life what do they say believe in in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. Their faith in the Lord Jesus, that is what he needed to do to be saved. And implicit in there, we talked about this on Sunday, is this idea of repentance. Often in the book of Acts we see believe, repent, repent, believe, and the idea of having faith in Jesus implies this this concept of repentance. It's the idea that you are now you are now sick of your sin, you are now uh, you you now do not like it. You not you have developed um, because of what God is doing in your life. You've developed almost a, this kind of Hatred, this kind of sense of being sick of sin, and that's what repentance is. It's a change of heart, a change of mind toward sin. what you used to love, you no longer love you 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 changed your position on the subject of sin, that's how you know that you're developing faith in Jesus because at that point then you're turning away from sin and turning toward Jesus who can deliver you from your sin and forgive you of your sin. So believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him and all the others in his house. Presumably they made it into the jailer's house in the middle of the night. At that hour of the night, the jailer took them, washed their wounds, and immediately he and his whole household were baptized. So his whole house came to faith in Christ in the middle of the night. He was radically transformed, and the jailer brought him into his house. And cooked them a meal, and he was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole household. Man, what an incredible story, you know? The same water that he uses to wash the wounds of Paul and uh, and Silas, he, he uses to to, they, they baptize him maybe in the same water who knows i mean it's such a beautiful story and um so in the morning uh the magistrates they want to know uh, uh they want to release um uh, paul and silas and we're not really told why um but paul and silas do not want to go quietly presumably the jailer brought them back to the cell because if the magistrates found the cell empty there would have been uh uh the jailer would have lost his life so the detail isn't told to us but presumably that's what happened and so paul says to the officers he's he's going to put up a little bit of a fight here and he's going to say no way We're, we're we're not we're not just leaving this the way that it is they put us in they beat us publicly with no trial but we are roman citizens Hmm. and they threw us in prison and now they want to get rid of us quietly no let them escort us out i mean paul's very direct the magistrates are alarmed uh they came to appease them and escorted them from the prison requesting that they leave the city paul and silas come out they go back to lydia's house lydia uh, was a fresh convert And they met with with the other people in the church there, however many we don't know, and then they left. It it is such a beautiful story. But that question just runs through the eras of time. What must I do to be saved? And the answer is your faith. And your faith can be this small. It can be tiny, tiny little faith. But if it is an authentic faith, and if it is a sincere faith then it is a faith that leads to salvation. So I trust this has been a blessing to you. Remember, your faith transcends all this stuff that's happening, all these things that are happening in planet Earth. Your faith is stronger than that. Keep it in Christ. Keep holding on to Him and watch what He does in your life through the power of the Spirit. I look forward to being with you again tomorrow for day number 28. 8 until then god bless you